the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing some praises to our awesome God. Jesus loved. He was there when Jesus died on the cross, and this is what he wrote in the Bible about love. 1 John 3, verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is how we know. This is how we know. This is how we know. What love is Jesus Christ Laid down His life For us For us For us This is how we know this is how we know. This is how we know. This is how we know. What love is. What love is. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Lay down his life. For us. For us. For us.
just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Now there lived in Capernaum a certain Jewish nobleman who was an officer in the king's service. That is all the king's business for today, Your Honor. Oh, a tiring day. Dismiss everyone. I want to, uh... No, 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 no. Come with me to my private chamber. Yes, Your Honor. Sit down, please. Oh. Yes, Your Honor. His Honor is troubled. Oh, no, no, no. No more curious than troubled. Today out there, I heard various rumors about the Passover feast of Jerusalem. A constant undercurrent of joy over some man at Jerusalem named Jesus. The fragments of conversations I overheard were all good reports of the man. Do you know anything about him? Yes, Your Honor. Uh, Jesus was the topic of almost every conversation. Tell me about him, will you? Well, of course, Your Honor. Well, in the first place, the man Jesus cleansed the temple of the merchants and the money changers. <laughs> well, I, for one, will certainly admit that it needed cleansing. The greed and arrogance of the priests, as well as the merchants and money changers, is to be greatly lamented. But uh, how did he, uh, this man Jesus, go about getting rid of the long-tolerated corruption? He did it alone, I assume. Oh, all alone, Your Honor. It must have been quite a scene. They say that Jesus came down the steps to the outer court. He stopped several steps from the bottom and merely looked slowly and indignantly around at the confusion. He seemed to look directly into the eye of everyone making the temple court a place of profit and dishonor. Suddenly, everyone was quiet. Every eye looked at Jesus, fear showing on the faces of those who had been cheating the poor and oppressed. In his hand, Jesus carried a scourge of cords, slowly descending the temple steps. He raised the scourge, and in a clear, commanding, powerful voice, ordered the fraudulent merchants and dealers to be gone. Yeah, oh, I should like to have witnessed that. <laughs> Jesus overturned the tables, coins falling and ringing sharply upon the marble floor, and officers, speculating priests, brokers, cattle traders, and money changers rushed from the place, and they were panic-stricken. <laughs> <laughs> Only the guilty ones fled, and the poor people and the oppressed, the lame and sick, remained in the court. Jesus looked at them in love and sympathy, and with tears in his eyes he said to them, Fear not, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. For this cause came I into the world. For this cause came I into the world. Those were his very words, Your Honor. I wonder... Yes, it... It could be. How's our son, dear? The physicians are doing all they can, but they say there is no hope. Ah, perhaps there is. At the Passover in Jerusalem, a man named Jesus performed miracles. He declared himself to be the long-looked-for Messiah. He performed miracles? What sort of miracles? Well, in the temple, there were many blind, deaf, dumb, sick, lame people... All of them were healed by Jesus, healed of whatever disease they had. Now he's in Galilee and Cana. Jesus is, and, and, and Cana is not far from here. You think he will heal our son? If he is the Messiah, yes. Evidently you're not sure that he is. No, I, I don't know what to believe. I hope he is. I will know he is if he heals our son. And if he doesn't? He isn't the Messiah. 
Your belief on Jesus being the Messiah is based then upon his granting your personal request to heal our son. Mm, yes and no. There is strong evidence that he is the Messiah. I can't ignore that, even if he does not heal our son. If I were to fasten my faith entirely upon his granting of my request, that would be selfish and greedy. But I must have some degree of faith through the evidence I already possess. You'd better hurry and send for this Jesus if he is to get here while our son still liveth. I shall go and see Jesus myself, talk to him. A father's pleadings might awaken his sympathy, whereas a servant's might not. Is that Jesus? Ah, it is, certainly is, my friend. That man, he's plainly dressed. He's poor, dusty, worn with travel. Oh, I doubt that he can be... Well, he, he can be the one I'm looking for. <laughs> Don't let looks deceive you, my friend. Yes, there is merit in what you say. Well, I've come this far. I may as well complete my errand. Uh, here. Here, here, sir. Take it easy. There are others here, you know. But I want to see Jesus, talk to him. They all do. I'm Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. May I help you? Well, my, my son is sick unto death. Jesus can heal the sick, I'm told. That's why I wish to talk to him. And I'm sure the master would wish to talk to you. Follow me. Master, this man is from Capernaum. He wishes to... Sir, sir, my son is sick. The physicians say he will die. I have come for your help. Will you come and see if you can heal him? Please, sir. Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe that I am the Messiah. You knew... You knew that... That I was determined to believe on you only if you granted my request and healed my son. I knew... My heart and thoughts are laid bare before thee. My motive in coming here was selfish, my faith vacillating. Sir, sir, come down ere my child die. Thy faith is rewarded. Go thy way, for thy son liveth. It's almost dark, and he isn't home yet. Oh, have patience, mistress. His honor Patience! He's had time to get to Cana and back long before this. Morning, and he still isn't here. Oh, something must have... Oh, there's someone comes. It looks like... Oh, it is he at last. Oh, what took you so long, Your Honor? Oh, good morning. Well, I was in no hurry. <laughs> the morning air, the sunshine, all nature praises God. Thy son, Your Honor, is well. He's not going to die. He will live. I know. At what hour did my son begin to get well? Well, it was... Uh... Yesterday, at the seventh hour, that the fever left him. Yes, the seventh hour. <laughs> the exact time Jesus said, Thy son liveth. Well, how do you feel, son? I feel just fine, Daddy. I don't hurt anymore at all. I'm so glad, my son. May I go play now, Daddy? Of course. Run along. Just be careful. You've been sick, you know. He was practically dead. And now look at him, alive and well. Thanks to Jesus. You believe now that he is the Messiah? I know he is. He is the Christ, the Son of God. We're going to go and hear his teachings. All of us shall become his disciples. Jesus blessed our home when he healed our son. Yet a greater blessing than this he gave to us. He made us sharers in the wonderful gift of salvation. 
continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. E. God promises to encourage me. meeting to begin. Welcome to the Kids Bible Club. Hey, Pastor Perez, can I ask you a question? Sure, Hannah. What's on your mind? Boys. Oh, Oh, stop it. I don't mean like that. Does the Bible say anything about why boys are so silly, loud, and mean? Hey, I'm not mean. What makes you think I'm talking about you, Sam? Oh, well, I thought you were going to say something about what happened today at school when someone put a rubber snake in your notebook. How do you know about that? Um, people talk. You see, Pastor Perez, boys are always doing dumb things that make me mad. I opened my notebook and that snake scared me half to death. Does the Bible say anything about that? There is a text in Luke chapter 6 that says we should love our enemies. Hey, I'm no enemy. And there's one in 2 Corinthians where God says, if you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. It was just a little rubber snake. So I'm supposed to forgive and love silly boys who put snakes in my notebook? As Christ forgives and loves us, yes. 
You're not going to hug me, are you? No, Sam. I'm going to love you, even though you're totally insane. And I'm going to forgive you so that Jesus can forgive you too. But if you ever put another rubber snake in my notebook, I am going to, to, to what? Hug you. Ah! Alrighty then. I think we can move on with our meeting. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. God's Word says, Greater love is no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. God loves us so much that He gave us His very life. He gave us His Son, Jesus, the greatest gift He could possibly give us. That's how much He loves you and me. Hey!
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4, 6. Angelic Hanging by Jenny Logan. My brother Jeff and I were playing cops and robbers in the blistering hot Bolivian sun. We had moved to South America five years before when our father had become youth director and pastor of eight churches. I was hiding under a large barrel waiting for Jeff to come sneaking by. Suddenly, I heard the big iron gate creak. Kids, come on inside the house. I have a surprise for you, Dad hollered. After the whole family had gathered around, Dad told us what the big surprise was. We're going camping. I'm taking all of us up to the youth camp to stay for an entire month. A whole month? Jeff and I shouted at once. Yes, and we leave tomorrow morning, Dad replied. Wow, I can't wait, I exclaimed, jumping and leaping around the room. Jenny, calm down and start packing, Mom said. Good idea, Mom. I raced out of the room. Early the next morning, before sunrise, Dad woke us up. We hurried around the house, grabbing last-minute things we needed for the trip. Finally, everything was loaded into our Jeep, and we were on our way. The worst part of the three-hour trip was the road. It always scared Mom. In Bolivia, the main highways are nothing more than one-car-wide dirt roads, and the road leading to Camp Lajos was especially dangerous. It was crooked and had a sharp upward grade. On one side of the road, a cliff rose thousands of feet into the sky. On the other side, a sheer rocky precipice plummeted down, down, down. At the very bottom, a river rushed rapidly along the rocky floor of the canyon. But from the road far above, it seemed to be nothing more than a small creek trickling along. The jeep was barely narrow enough for the tires to stay on the road. Dad was silent, concentrating on driving. I could tell Mom was getting a little nervous. Finally, she said, Hey, kids, why don't we sing some camp songs? It'll make the time go faster. She started to sing her favorite one, On Top of Old Smokey. Soon, everyone joined in. I was standing at the back door of the Jeep looking out the window. Jenny, sit down, Mom commanded. I don't want that door to fly open and have you fall out. Reluctantly, I sat back down. Old MacDonald had a farm, my brother burst forth exuberantly. And on this farm, he had a pig, I joined in. We had sung just about every camp song we knew. The drive was getting long, and I had to go to the bathroom. Dad, how much longer, I asked. Hush, Jenny. Dad's trying to concentrate on this terrible road. We'll be there soon, Mom said. I was bored, and I didn't feel like singing anymore. Slowly, I got up and walked to the back door of the Jeep. Peering out the window, I was soon absorbed in counting the little white crosses that dotted the side of the road. They marked the places where cars and their passengers had been hurled over the edge to their deaths. My hands were splayed against the door when, without warning, the back door flew open. Thrown off balance, I grasped frantically for the handle and swung out with the door. The feeling of being suspended in thin air engulfed me. Panic set in. Mom! Dad! I yelled. I twisted my head around to look at the Jeep. No one had noticed what had happened because of the usual rattle noises of the Jeep. I fearfully looked down. All I could see was the little creek thousands of feet below. I was hanging directly over the precipice. I gripped the handle harder, but I could tell by my sweaty palms that I was going to slip any minute. Dear Jesus, I prayed, please help my mom and dad to see me and help me to hang on tight. 
I screamed again. This time my mom heard me. As she whirled her head around, her eyes widened in horror as she saw her child swaying like a rag doll over a jagged canyon. Lloyd, stop the car, she said with all the calmness she could muster. Dad glanced over his shoulder. A helpless expression spread over his face. He stopped the Jeep slowly so the door wouldn't slam shut with me in it. Then he ran around to the back door. He carefully leaned over the cliff, grasped the bottom of the door, and brought me to safety. I collapsed in his arms, sobbing with relief. I'm so sorry, Mom, I choked on my tears. I'll never disobey you again, I promise. Holding me tightly, she said, I'm just glad you're safe, honey. As I look back on that terrifying experience, there has never been a doubt in my mind as to how I was able to hang on to the handle. I know that my guardian angel was right there beside me, giving me the strength to hang on just a little longer. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.